Hello and welcome to today's first podcast. Um, and the question I had today for us was, how can I persevere in doing God's work? So very often we have ideas, we have thoughts on what we should be doing. We maybe read about what we should be doing. We read about what other people are doing and we think, I need to do that work. I need to share my faith more with people at work. I need to read my Bible more often. I need to help the poor more. I need to just be nicer. I need to love my enemies more. Many different things come to mind. Uh, The question I had today was, well, how can I persevere? Because obviously things go wrong, don't they? Things go wrong. Things happen to that plan. Uh, We don't persevere. Um, Difficulties come. Sickness comes. Money issues. Time restraints. I've got four kids myself full-time job, a wife's now started working um, and I'm trying to run a bit of a ministry myself, teaching and preaching and guess what, it's extremely difficult at times and sometimes I find myself feeling, it, how, am, how can I overcome this obstacle, it feels like there's too many obstacles in my path, uh, why is God letting that happen or, or could he not have taken that away, could he not have left that for another week, um, again the, the list is endless of challenges that we can have that put us off from doing what we believe may be God's work. I just want to throw in today that, that we maybe are looking at the wrong things. I want to really encourage us that I feel that there's an answer. Having read Second Timothy this morning, I feel like there's something we need to look at rather than our circumstances. And the circumstances, as I say, will often be very challenging, potentially very challenging. What can we look at instead? Well, if we look at Paul... Um, if we read from Second Timothy, and this is in chapter 4, and just his closing personal remarks, and it's in verse 9, really down to verse 18, Paul's his last time in prison, he knows he's about to basically be crucified, be, be killed, um, after his time in prison, um, and he talks about, he's writing this letter to Timothy, and he says various things I want to pick out from these concluding personal remarks. He says, um, the Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly. Why? Well, for Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me, um, has gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Um, only Lucas with me. So multiple people had deserted Paul. He wrote previously in, in, um, in chapter 1 about many people in the province of Asia had deserted him. Um, he then goes on to say, after this, actually further on down at verse 16, he says, 2 Timothy 4 verse 16, At my first defence, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. So, multiple people deserted him. In fact, he says, no one came to my defence when I was in trouble. No one came to my defence. He says in verse 14 of chapter 4, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. So, he's sitting in jail his second time, And he could look at his circumstances so differently than the way we view them when we read about Paul. It's most, in fact, everyone deserted him. He had no one there to support him in his most difficult and trying times. There was no one there to give him support. I mean, how must that have felt sitting in jail knowing that all these people, even people you preached the gospel to and helped to change their lives, have then deserted you? It's like, well, how could you feel like, well, God, what, what on earth are you doing? Why are you letting this happen? And in fact, people had done him a great deal of harm, Alexander the metal worker. Um, everywhere he went, as we know, he faced many, many trials. People deserted him. And he even writing to Timothy here and repeatedly he tells Timothy, you know, don't let people look down on you because you're young. You know, drink a little wine instead of water for your stomach because of your frequent illnesses. And there's so many things you think Paul could have felt so despondent about his circumstances. But what does he say? He says 
And just before this, in chapter 4, 2 Timothy 4, verse um, 7, he says, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. He also goes on to say in verse um, 14, about Alexander the metal worker, he did me a great deal of harm, but the Lord will repay him for what he's done. And he says later on about people deserting him and no one was there to give him any support. But how did he view that circumstance? Well, he says, may it not be held against them, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you see what Paul's doing here? And every occasion he says, these guys did me harm. These guys deserted me. I'm sitting here in jail. But he wasn't focused on that. He was focused on, yeah, he did me harm, but God was at my side. God will rescue me from the lion's mouth. He has done. And he'll continue to rescue me. I'm not left alone. God's with me. Um, he will bring me right until the very end. He's got in store for me the crown of righteousness and he'll award it to me on that day. So what's in Paul's mind? As Paul sits in prison, is he thinking about those who deserted him? About all this pain that he suffered? About the fact that people were sick or the fact that bad things lay ahead? No. Paul was entirely focused on God's at my right hand. He's beside me. He's supporting me. He's rescued me. He's got a plan. He's brought me on this journey. He's got work for me to do. And in the very end, he'll give me the crown of righteousness. Now, the plan for us is translate that to your own life right now in terms of what you're doing for God. What is it that's disturbing that plan right now? What circumstance or difficulty is holding you back right now? And think, is God is by my side? I say is because we need to believe that. God is right by my side today. He's with me. He's got a plan. It, the circumstances will always be there, but I need to see God in my plan. And if Paul can do it, believe me, we can do it. We're not sitting in jail. Um, and I really pray we can find the work that God would have us do and that we can look at him and not at our difficult circumstances. This is inspirational. This is possible. As Paul said, I've learned the secret of being content in all circumstances. I can do everything th through him who gives me strength. So think about these thoughts today. Pray about them. I pray we can go about God's work, that things will not disturb us, get in our way, that we can see God regardless of the circumstance. Um, and this is the end of the podcast number one, and we'll be back very soon with podcast number two. Thank you very much for listening. Drop me any comments or thoughts or likes would be great. Hello and welcome to podcast number two. This is Tuesday the 5th of June 2018. It's good to have you with me today. Uh, I'm currently just sitting here in the car and um, I've just had a, some thoughts in Titus chapter 1. But before I go there, I just had some thoughts as a follow-up to yesterday. I shared yesterday how not to let yourself get be put off by difficult circumstances getting in the way of doing what you need to do for God. Um, and I had a lot of thoughts yesterday about, about basically rekindling a ministry that I had where I used my lunch times of working from home to reach out around my local area. I'd done this a year and a half ago and met a young man who's still faithful today and serving the Lord with much seal. Uh, but I, I realised, I've been asking myself all morning, what is it that puts me off? 
as I've started this ministry several times before and it hasn't always lasted for different reasons, different things have got in the way and I just thought these things are inevitable. But I feel like God's given me a little illustration this morning which is just outside my door. I was going to start this podcast and a guy has come out with a lawnmower and he's cutting the grass not too far from where I am. Um, you probably can't hear it because it's, it's far enough away from me. But I was watching him and I was thinking, I better not, I'm not going to do this podcast now because uh, that's getting in the way of what I want to do. So I see myself a bit of a perfectionist. I'm, I'm easily put off sometimes by, by small little things getting in the way. Um, and this guy, I thought, why, why would I not do this podcast? And I'm doing it now. And this guy out doing his garden and, and whatever he's doing is not putting me off if I stay focused on the job, the task at hand. So a little freebie there, just as a follow-up to yesterday, um, how can I persevere with God's work despite small little circumstances going wrong, sometimes big circumstances? Uh, I've got to keep my eyes fixed on what I'm doing. Eyes fixed on Jesus, if you like, but fixed on what I'm doing, not let myself be put off by small things. Um, anyway, today's um, scripture is from Titus chapter 1. It says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Um, and it says, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Yeah, and the other version um, says, the faith and knowledge that are resting on the hope of eternal life. I just want to fix my mind on that for a moment and think, it's saying that faith and knowledge that we know we need to have are resting on something. But it says they're resting on the hope of eternal life. And what I want to say about this is, it doesn't say it's resting on eternal life. It's not resting on the knowledge of eternal life. So it's not just the fact that we know we won't die, that we're going to go to heaven. It's not just knowing that fact that, that means we have faith and knowledge, if you like. These, it's not resting on the knowledge of eternal life. It's resting on something else. It's resting on the hope of eternal life. And what does that mean? It means that because of eternal life, we've got hope. We live a hope-filled life because we know that we won't die, that Jesus came to destroy death, because we will live forever, because we are immortal essentially, but we'll have a heavenly body. It's the hope that that produces. The, the Bible talks about the armor of God, about the hope of um, salvation as a helmet. So it's actually the hope. It's the hope that we live our lives by, knowing that we won't die, knowing that we have a future, um, knowing that we will li live forever, essentially. Live forever, what an incredible phrase. But because we know we'll live forever, that hope produces in us faith and knowledge. So I just want to say that if, if you feel lacking in the hope of eternal life, it can lead to other things. Other things can be lacking as a sign of that and things like faith and knowledge. So ask ourselves today, have I got the hope of eternal life? Does it fill me? Is it something I think about? Um, we read a lot about it in the scriptures. Um, so the hope of eternal life. Uh, the other thing to say about that as well is, um, and I absolutely love this, just after in Titus chapter 1, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. I, I, sometimes you read these verses and they're easily missed. Like it says, the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised when? It says before the beginning of time. Um, and we know from Second Timothy um, chapter 1 again, that in verse 9 it says, God saved us and called us to holy life, not because of anything we had done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus when? 
before the beginning of time. So yet again, Paul's reminding us of something. He's saying you have the hope, you have eternal life. But when did you get it? You got it before time began. God's plan was always that we would live forever. Even though Adam and Eve came and sinned, even though we're part of the fall, even though we suffer the consequences of that, it says that in God's mind, there's always been eternal life. That was always the plan for anyone who would choose to follow him. Um, it went wrong, but God had the backup plan before it ever went wrong. And I've discussed this before in previous videos. God's plan was always to make up the difference, if you like, to give us a perfect um, future, um, regardless of what would go wrong. So the hope of eternal life, again, before the beginning of time. Uh, I just love this about God. I love that even though he knew things would go wrong, he had our salvation sorted out and organized before it ever went wrong. It wasn't a shock to God. It didn't you know, overly concern God, if you like. So, so yeah, just some thoughts today, just to recap on that illustration. Um, just um, try not to let small circumstances get in our way. Be people who basically step over our difficult circumstances and pray about them. And also just thoughts from Titus today, that um, the qualities that Paul talked about that we all need, faith and knowledge, but they rest on not just eternal life, but the hope of eternal life. And also this eternal life has been given to us before the beginning of time. Uh, thanks for listening today. Again, drop me any likes or comments. Uh, many thanks.